My name is Elizabeth Henstridge. I'm an actress and director, and this is The Watch Along Suspicion Edition. In this series, I watch Apple TV Plus's thriller TV show, Suspicion. I play Tara on the show and have wrangled some of the most brilliant people to watch each episode with me that were involved in the making of Suspicion, from both in front of and behind the camera. We'll get the inside info, BTS gold, and find out how these amazing people from all sorts of backgrounds got to where they are. My hope is that this can be a positive force of inspiration, whether you'd like to go into the industry or not. So come and press play with us and watch the episode, or just listen along while you go about your busy life. Hey, I'm so happy you're here. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we are back! (sighs) Uh, Wait, how do I, what am I even saying these things now? Wow, it has been so long since I have done a watch along or a live with Lil or a YouTube video or a podcast. This feels so good to be back. Ah, I'm nervous. Hey, how are you? A lot of things have changed since I last did one of these. Um, Zach and I got married. I think that was since I did a live with Lil. We moved states in america uh we're now over on the east side of the country this is our new kitchen here's my vase for those watching ali youtube and today uh, we're going to be watching the first episode of suspicion an apple tv plus show uh, that is the remake of false flag an israeli show that's kind of based on but goes well, we'll talk about it, but it sort of has a similar premise and then goes off in a different direction. And today, I thought it'd be really great to start, I don't know why I'm burning down so much, to start with Chris Long, who is the director of the season. And there were two directors, there were many more, but hello, COVID. Chris Long and Stefan Schwartz, but Chris Long was the, like, I forget what you call them, I don't know what his title was, like, producing... Supervising producer, I think you call them. We'll ask him. But kind of the person that sets the tone, sets what it's meant, what it's going to look like, um, the shooting style. He's been on this forever and a day. And he's just so brilliant. And randomly, not random, but like lovely serendipitous moment in that he mentored Nina Lopez Carano, who was uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. director, of course, and a big mentor of mine. So today, well, I'm going to make my cup of tea. I got an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. mug. Oh my gosh, no, I wasn't going to choose this one. I was going to choose this one. Well, I've got two. I'll choose it. Well, maybe I'll make a cup of that. But I'll just do this one first. As an homage. And we're going to be doing things slightly differently. So, I mean, if you're already watching this, you probably already know. Because this isn't going to be a live with Lil in the sense that it's live right now. It's gonna be a watch along. So welcome to the watch along suspicion edition. Oh my gosh, I love that suspicion edition. For logistics and hopefully, um, you know, maybe upping the quality, we'll see. (laughs) So far, how are we doing? (laughs) Um, Anyway. So this is going to be episode one, the watch along, suspicion edition. I'm going to make myself a cup of tea. Oh my gosh, I've got something to show you. I hope I'm lucky in the right place. It's been a while since I've done this. Am I recording? Yeah. (laughs) I got a new thing in the kitchen. 
There is no kettle, instead we have a hot water tap. Wow, so you just press it, hot water comes out. So that's great. I didn't think I would like it, turns out I do love it because I thought, well, how are you gonna know what temperature you're meant to have it on? But um, this might be like bad tea etiquette, but I just kind of put a bit of cold water in it. Perfect. Oh my gosh, how are you? Let me know in the comments. Because one of the things I loved, well, I loved a million things for the live with Lil. It being live when we were first doing it at the time that it was on was very exciting. But I loved getting all your guys' questions of what you wanted to know, of the guest that was on there. So obviously that bit, oh, it's a bit lost because it's not going to be live because um, I'm just going to see how this framework for it all goes. Anyway, because of that, I've asked on my Instagram questions for Chris Long. So uh, we've got your guys' contributions. Thank you for that. And loads of them I just absolutely loved. So we'll definitely ask some of those. Um, and a lot of them are ones that I was going to ask too. So that is perfect. We are still so in sync. I hope you're loving the show. We loved making it. It's kind of a crazy time to be making a TV show. So... Um, you know, potentially lots of stories. We're gonna have lots of amazing guests on. Oh my gosh, I mean, I was just like a bit nervous all day today knowing that we're gonna be like kicking this off again. Um, and then I just started watching the episode again, you know, before or just now. And I was like, oh my God, I've got so many questions. This is gonna be really great and really exciting. And Chris is just amazing. He's actually been wonderful to me in terms of directing. So, <laughs> Without making this intro a bazillion years long, oh, let me let you know what um, Chris has done. So he was our main guy, head honcho, director on Suspicion, but you may know him from The Americans, which is just an incredible show. If you haven't watched it, you must, and, or re-watch it because I think the world has seen it. Such an incredible show. He did The Mentalist, which is where he worked with Nina. Nina was his assistant on The Mentalist, so that was how that whole thing happened. And then right now, he's doing The Patient with a little up-and-coming actor called Steve Carell. So he's just incredible and the most amazing director. And you'll see from watching along with us today, if you haven't already seen Suspicion, that it, he just is... He's just so brilliant and working with him was great. And, you know, filming this was just under very different circumstances to, I think, he's directed under before. And certainly that I filmed under before. So um, he just did an incredible job and uh, he's amazing and so lovely and really up for sharing the knowledge. So that is perfect for the watch along. All right, well, I have my tea. Oh, gosh. This is Tazo, which, you know, secretly, I think is quite expensive, isn't it? Like, you know, it's like your, it's your high-end tea and it's really delicious. Refreshment, so let's refresh. Oh my God, let's refresh. Alive with a little slash watch along. Um, right, I need to get changed. This is the top that Tara wore in episode one and possibly two, but you know, we're one today. I forgot how, um, <laughs> how tight it is on the old neck so you know I, I wonder actually if that's why my posture was potentially better than normal although Chris did say a lot about my posture because you know you just forget anyway um the only thing wrong with this I didn't steal this also by the way I did buy it I bought all my costumes what a nerd this is great I think it needs a little something 
better, better. And, you know, I'm probably going to keep my jogging bottoms on because it's a Zoom, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who wears trousers for a Zoom? Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. Here we are, we're back, baby, with the Watch Along, episode one, Suspicion Edition. Hey, I'm so happy you're here. Boy, it's just like remembering an old friend, isn't it? Remembering all these, the different kitchens I've done this in and all the teas I've drunk doing it. Right, I'm gonna drink this and then let's go. See you on the Zoom. Thank you, Chris Long, for being here on the first Suspicion edition of the Watch Along Thank episode you so much. Uno. Um, so for everybody watching along with us, we're going to try to press play at the same time. Are you queued up, Mr. Long? Um, I think I might be on some preview for another show, which I'll get rid of because it's not as good as ours. Don't know what it is. <laughs> Just skip that. Apple original. Okay. Press play. Go. Yo. Go. Oh, no, I paused mine again. Well, we'll be about the same place. Yeah, UK production. I'm on that bit. Yes, yes, me too. Okay, perfect. Oh my gosh, we're up and running. Chris Long, thank you so much for being here. You're such a hero of mine, obviously. Um, And I will just say, I have my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. mug with me because of our connection with Nina Lopez Corrado, who was, you know, your assistant, and then you were her mentor, then she was my mentor, so that all just works out brilliant. That's amazing, and now she's an incredible director in her own right. Oh my gosh, doing so the, much you know, stuff. The, which is a, a success story and, and uh, you know, a case for digging into like a career, you know, yeah. went, to, went to full sale, went to, you know, became my assistant for eight years, like prior to The Mentalist on a show called Dirt and, uh, you know, started to direct for me and little insert shoots, things like that. And that was sort of a career progression, you know. Be becoming a director's assistant and then you know hopefully get a chance you know and there's a lot of things that had to go right for that chance you know yeah uh, a long-running show is one of them yeah know? um yeah. hey so this scene with yes. um leo walking through the hotel can you this was obviously such a huge pivotal scene without spoiling yes. too much of the you know i'm assuming yeah. anybody that's watching along with us has seen at least the first few episodes at this point yes. um can you talk about this and how you approached it and was there a ton of pressure on like nailing this section yeah. god it really was yeah because it was the opening of the show and it was shot day one so was uh, it shot day yeah. one and you only had one piece to do which is walk through in a bathrobe yeah um, <laughs> I was like, uh, a little walk through in a bathrobe, y'all. Right. Uh, no. So, yeah, no, there was, very, there was a lot of pressure on us, you know, and it's the opening of the pilot. It's the opening of a series, so it had to be, yeah. be slick and glitzy, and, and, uh, but, you know, it had to be told from, you know, Garen's, from uh, Leo's POV, Garen's the actor, um, and, uh, you know, it had to have, you know, it had to interpret something, and it had to tell us right away and set up what this inciting incident is. So I think we achieved it. I think it looks good. I think it's great. I, I actually had the, I shot it to a young black track called Machine Gun. Um, but we had to sort of change the music out in the end because uh, if you look that up on Spotify or somewhere, uh, <laughs> up behind Machine Gun, there's another line for the for the name of the song, uh, which I won't say what it is, but the, the song has a few F-bombs in it. So although rhythmically it really works, we had to get taken out. 
So it was stuff like that when things like that happen, because that's bound to happen, right? From the so many stages an episode of TV goes through. As a director, you shot to that, because you love music, right? Yeah. Like you love the rhythm of stuff. And I know that you played that for us of the, the track. And even now it's, it makes me like feel excited yeah. whenever I hear that song. And I have it on my Spotify, um, like upbeat playlist, you know, and that really, <laughs> yeah. how do you, do you just have to go, oh, sure. Or do you then get to put in different options or is that then out of your hands? Like, yeah, you know, I was very, 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 very attached to this one. So it was hard for me. It was very yeah. hard for me to give up. And so we tried a lot of songs, um, you know, that many people suggested um, to, to, to replace it with. But look, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Apple are paying for this thing. Um, everybody works for somebody. And uh, it just had too many F-bombs in it. And when you cut the F-bombs out, it never really made much sense as a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we, we went with another which, which, which now I'm attached to too. So, you, but you yeah, get that's it. I know, I know. It's the same in acting when you go, oh my gosh, I love that line. And you see it and it gets cut out and you're like, ah, but you don't see, you know, everybody watches things from a different perspective, don't they? And the yeah. song that's in there now, I loved and forgot about the song you, you showed us. And then, yeah. and then I remembered, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, this still works. And, you know, there's so many people that, you know in the final mix of yeah of course the show you know, isn't it it's a team sport and, and yeah uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the in the business um you know you unless you're in very rarefied air you know yeah. coin brother type air there's nobody really in tv that has that sort of maybe ryan murphy for people like that but you know that has that sort of like final cut there's all somebody is always answering to somebody you yeah. know and if you can't be a team player. This is not really a business for you. You know, you should be yeah. an artist or something. Oh, look, it's on the screen there. Hey! Oh my gosh. Can we talk about, um, cause I remember this day. Oh my gosh. It was so cold. <laughs> so cold. And the sky wasn't like that. We replaced the sky. The sky was quite dreary. Oh uh, my gosh. What? Yeah. yeah. So we replaced the sky and made it sort of like a nice looking day. Uh, so that sun is fake. Um, oh and- my gosh. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. so crazy. That's what you don't realize, you know, because I was thinking, well, there's not going to be much CGI in this show. And then I was speaking to somebody yeah, in post about it. And this, yeah, that's amazing that it's kind of the, like, the stuff that you don't notice, which is good, now, right? This, yes. Let me talk about this quickly because yeah. I, I know how you are and you're very, very modest. And you're, so <laughs> I want to talk about Tara McAllister and our journey in finding her, which was long and arduous. And uh, and we just, you know, we auditioned so many actresses and so many great actresses that just really, you know, we're there, we're, we're, you know, we're almost there and we're almost her. And then randomly, you, right, you're on something, you're in Los Angeles, you just sent a tape into us. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, I got, yeah, a next day tape. Did I send right. a letter? Yeah, you wrote a really nice letter, <laughs> which was like, oh, but no, it wasn't, you know, but it was just... It was. It was just. It was to get a, a really how much you liked the piece and you you respected Rob and I's work and you know how much you. Oh my god! I had forgotten that. It really meant something because not only were we Did like, it? yeah, we, yeah, yeah, it does because you think to yourself, oh my god, you know, this actress really thought about this part and really thought about this character and what she's saying about the character is exactly spot on, and so 
Uh, and so because, he, you know, you're in your audition and you weren't directed, you just took a boom, you just took a hit and you took a hit, which was incredibly close to what we were thinking anyway. And it was like, well, she's got a great handle on the character and she's really good and really good. And, uh, you know, we, I think we called you up and off to do the job. But we'd seen an enormous amount of actresses who were incredibly good. I could list off 10 people you'd heard of that we saw for it, but it just was you encapsulated her. And part of that is because you have an incredible realness and reality in you and an accessibility as a character and you have that working class thing that's inherently in you and this was in our character that she was a working class girl that had done very done very well and got to a certain level that had principles and um and and so frankly you're almost not too far to where our tower is in our heart and so therefore that's that's why we really uh, you know that's why that's why yeah. oh thanks chris it's so great when you you know, because I do, as an actor, you do a million auditions and most of them you never hear from and you get kind of used to just that rhythm of do an audition and throw it away and don't really think about it. And this was one of those that I just thought, well, this is such a long shot. It's a tape audition, which usually, you know, I never usually hear back that much from tapes because nice to be in the room and to meet people and you get a feeling when you're in the room. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just when I was reading the character description of Tara, it was that she was from the north, but had kind of had to, you know, moved away and was trying to make something of herself. And yeah, it was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I I felt like I was intimidated by her because she, you know, has a high status of intelligence, and I felt like, well, she's a mother. She, you know, had a child when she was super young. You know, there was just so many things that I thought you really need to get that right to do this character justice. Um, yeah. But then when I heard I was in the mix, I was like, this is crazy. That is so funny. I had forgotten about that letter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just I that bet it, I've got it somewhere. People, you know, people sort of undervalue that sort of stuff. It isn't. If somebody like you had to be in the game. If you'd been look, we didn't look at your letter and then watch the audition. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh God, have you seen this girl? She's really good. And and uh we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then this there was this letter, you know, and it was like, wow, this, you know, she's obviously really thought about this and just taken one big hit from wherever you were, or Los Angeles or Atlanta or Canada or wherever you were. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it sort of, it sort of worked out. And when I see you here with, in this scene with Heather, in, in those surroundings in Oxford, you yeah. know, and how, how prestigious and rich and lush and everything, you know, Oxford looks in, in, in this thing, it, it works, it works so great. Oh my gosh, yeah. And that was actual Oxford we filmed that in, which was crazy to just be Harry going Potter. in. It was, yes, it was exactly like Harry Potter. Yeah. And I stayed in like this prison haunted hotel when I was there, which was amazing. Um, with COVID. Like take away food, remember? Like they did a bag. Yes. Yes. And then they would never um yeah, talk to you. <laughs> um, can we talk about Lydia West and Georgina Campbell, as is yeah. Natalie and Monique? How was that casting process? How did you find them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Georgina is like, um, she she was one of the first ones that I felt like we we nailed down. She was she was amazing. She was yeah. incredible. Um, I loved her so much. I love her, uh, you know, as an actress. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, 
I always just thought she was Natalie. I, like, so, so Georgina's nice joke was, oh, how's Natalie? Can Natalie have a nice weekend? It, like, <laughs> we all talk to her like that because she just, like you, inhabited that character so well. And what I did was we did chemistry reads with the sister. Now, you don't normally do chemistry reads for siblings. Right. Um, you normally do chemistry reads for a romantic you know, uh, or for all kinds of reasons, for, you know, but normally romantic when it's when it's romantic stuff. Uh, yeah. But do chemistry reads with the sisters, and, I, and we it got down to three young ladies, um, uh, you know, uh, who we read with who were all fantastic. But to watch the spark and the sacks between these two, um, just really was just lit up and something special. I was aware of Lydia from um, from a previous show, so I knew what a great actress she was. Um, and uh, the funny thing is, though. They're only a year apart in age. And, yes. And, uh, of course, you know, they're playing, you know, eight, nine years apart. And Georgina is older, I think, by a year. But uh, it was always, to me, like, that always, like, freaked me out that they were so close. <laughs> uh, but but I think because I've seen Lydia in that other show, so, therefore, um, uh, you know, I thought of her as young. As young. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So we did the chemistry read and uh, and it just went so great. It was just so glaringly obvious, like after I'd seen them, all of them, that this this was you know, this was who we wanted. And of yeah. course, you know, with the, her success on It's a Sin and um, everything else, you know, I mean, she's she's they're they're both incredibly talented and they're both going to be huge and successful and wonderful and they deserve everything they got. So yeah, totally. And they do just have. I mean, now they're great friends and they do have this lovely. Um, supportive friendship that you can't make that up and that like on screen how do you like have you ever worked obviously not naming names but have you worked with people that you can just kind of feel on screen there isn't the chemistry like how important is that yeah 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 to the final thing no it's very important it's very important both not only you know siblings but also in relationships where where you know you cast two actors they're supposed to be boyfriend and girlfriend and and you know, yeah. and of course, it always works out on day one. It's like, hi, this is so-and-so, so so-and-so. Okay, right, make out. I know. <laughs> right, okay, how's it go? Yeah, how's it feel for you? It's just like, and, and there's this really awkwardness to it. So, no, there's often that the, these things don't make out. By the way, talking about relationships, these guys were amazing too. Oh, my these, gosh. Yeah, they, these guys, you just totally bought as brothers and a, and a whole family. The whole family, you just really, really buy. And Adesh's place in that family. And, uh, again... You know, um, Sonia uh, is, is amazing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just it's so um, it's so fun watching these scenes with Adesh, and obviously it's Kanan Ar who's just amazing, and you know, so famous. Yeah, so famous for Big Bang Theory, and then you see him in this, and you almost don't recognize him. And I, I just feel, you know, as an actor, that's kind of the biggest compliment you can give somebody. How, you know, how did you? D- He's the first actor I got attached. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you, is that, I feel like this is a superpower of yours to just go, that's <laughs> who it can now, be. It was interesting, you know, because um, Kunal's people had read the script and uh, reached out to our casting director. And the casting director said, um, look, I've got a left field idea. You know, what about Kunal Mayar from the Big Bang? And I'm like, Big Bang Theory? I, I, okay. Um, and, uh, so we arranged to have a coffee, Canal and I, in Santa Monica. Um, and, uh, we only had like two scripts or three scripts. I mean, a bit of an outline and three scripts and, and, 
he was worried because he didn't want to play like a, a computer hacker and you know and yeah, how, yeah. how my development in character there was going to be and also you know when he he, he uh, I was very lucky because he was a big fan of the Americans and some of the work I'd done so he knew that the the, the level of the quality of the project was going to be something but he signed on to a project that he didn't really know what you know where we we're going to make it. he didn't know it's going to end up with like you know all this millions of dollars behind it with publicity and, and this wonderful wonderful cast talking to Bridget McThorne just came up um, oh there she know, is with this wonderful cast it's like you know so he didn't know when he signed on he, he had no clue really he took a he took a giant leap of faith in it and he sweetly says partly because of me I'm sure and, um and because he really wanted to do something that's 180 away from his character yeah um, yeah feedback. And he did like it's, you know, I I think a lot of the time in this game, you go on instinct and, you know, when you're at a canal level, you are choosing the project projects. You're like putting your faith behind people, which is actually really, um, I would imagine quite scary because you know, the where where I came into it was just like it was another audition and I would have loved to have done it, but there was no like I only audition for stuff that I would like to do and feel like it aligns with what I want to put out there in the world. But still it's like I audition for a lot of stuff that I don't get. Whereas when you're at a canal level or an Uma level and you're coming in and you're very decidedly choosing, like that must do you find that like how does that make you feel? Is it like Flattering? Is it a lot of pressure? No, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure responsibility. I mean, with Uma, it was like, well, first of all, there's Nar Emmerich, who we know where. Oh my gosh! Of my, my my gorgeous friends, the Americans. Amazing. Um, uh, but uh, so we know how we know how Noah got there. Um, but with Uma, <laughs> it was you know we were we were putting names, we were kicking names around for this part, and I just said, I want Uma Thurman. I want Uma Thurman. <gasps> I want Uma Thurman. I want Uma Thurman. What's it going to take to get Uma Thurman and Uma Thurman? And did I mention that I wanted Uma Thurman? So um, where did that come from? I mean, obviously she's iconic and a massive movie star. Well, you know, I, I, I'm lucky enough to be in a position to do these projects where I can pick people that I want to work with that, that or I can try to entice people to come work with me. Yeah. <laughs> that I have mad respect for. And yeah. I've had mad respect for like so long. And I'm really fascinated by, you know, her body of work and everything else. And I know that she hadn't done many things recently and was, you know, perhaps looking, I also know that she has, uh, you know, she's very uh, interested in this sort of like, it's obviously social media and the way social mm. media are over the years and, the, you know, the way that, you know, so she's like very interested on, and, and also in um, uh, these sort of companies, you know, this that uh, Cooper Newman and those sort of foundations and the way these shadowy, so she's very interested in this world. She's read a lot of books about it. So it was literally like, um, well, can you and Rob go to New York to meet her? So we're like, no, we can't because we've literally just started shooting and we're just like, you know, we're, we're, we, we were sort of, or like so close to prep. They said, oh, so will she come to us? Will she fly to London? You know, so we, we, so we had Uma fly over and she stayed in this hotel in Chelsea and we went there one night um, uh, to, 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 you know, to, to meet with her. Uh, and the funniest thing happened, which was so great, uh, which might require a visual prop. Okay, here it is. One second. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I always carry, I always carry this with me, um, which is full of uh, headache pills and uh, things like that, and uh, just everything that you know you might want in an emergency. If you get a bit of a sniffle or diarrhea, 
headache. Sure. Whatever brilliant. You got. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Right. So we get there and Uma says, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Um, I've alerted something in this room and I've got like a like a swelling on my face. At that. And I couldn't see it, but, you know, she was obviously aware of it. Yeah. I think she's alerted to something in the room or something, you know, whatever. And okay. she goes, really need an antihistamine. I really need a Benadryl, but I can't seem to find Benadryl here. So I literally reach into my bag and pull out pull out the, the goods <laughs> and I lay it out on her bed like like uh, and it's all like I lay out on the bed like all these pills and it's like literally like out of a scene out of Pulp Fiction and I go I have I have now made my life by oh my god Pulp Fiction where I'm like I just said, well, thank God we weren't like straddling over or like standing on our chest, like, you know, to like, it was just, it was a, uh, anyway, uh, she saw the funny side of it too. Uh, which oh great. my gosh, and, it was uh, a love story. Amazing. So, yeah, I think after, uh, if you need there we go. I thank goodness you always have them. An array. Yeah, you know, it's all like just over the counter stuff and, you know, just so, but yeah, if you get the diarrhea around me, you're going to be in great shape. We're going to be fine. Um, well, that's part of being yeah. a director, I imagine. Preparation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So uh, literally. So uh, so anyway, so that was how. Uh, so we met with Uma and uh, the meeting went well, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she signed on to it. And then, you know, COVID hit and all the COVID problems that we had. And we had to, like, consolidate her work and then shoot all of her stuff in 35 days in one set and all the stuff that you know about. Um which, you know, which caused, you know, big problems um, with the schedule. But, she, you know, she came to London during COVID and hung with us. You know, you know, you were there too. We all, we, you know, we, we all dug in and just tried to make the best of it. It was a, you know, real interesting time. Yeah. Uh, for- yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, this is, we're talking about something very specific in directing a TV show, but um I think it's something a lot of people can relate to in that you kind of feel like you know what you're doing, you have things sorted, and then something comes and just kind of knocks you off your feet, like a COVID that you go, wow, I've got to come up with something new. How do you, in those situations, you know, how do you cope with that? Where does that resourcefulness come yeah. from? I think that, they, you know, I always say to people, that's kind of what they pay you for, that, you know, if it's all going really well, um, you know, then uh, then I feel that you know there's a there's a lot of people that can handle it. It's when it goes horribly wrong that yeah. you need to dig yourself. And that can be things like in the in in your day directing that you're you know you're behind and you need to get these shots. And you we're now back in Oxford and we only had Oxford for like one day or two days, so we had to make the scenes. Remember, the pressure was enormous. You had an yeah. enormous amount of dialogue. And it's like when you were in Oxford, I think for one day in that hall for one day, you know, and it's like, you know, and starting to run out of time and light and there, but and, and all kinds of all kinds of crazy things. Um, yeah, I, you know, like like yourself, Lil, uh, with directing, I'm a big prepper. I'm a big, big, big planner. And then I'm prepared to chuck the plan out the window on, yeah. on the day. Yeah. If it changes organically if like the staging that i imagine didn't work with the actors if like you know any, anything that happens like the i was going to use a steady cam but the steady cam's broken i was going to do like okay let's do this let's do this let's do this and i think you always need a plan a b and c a in life <laughs> certainly in directing yeah where, where it, it normally goes wrong it doesn't normally <laughs> go, normally you get normally thrown a couple of Google is if you're British and curveballs if you're American. <laughs> uh, so you know, so 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 that that normally happens. The same thing happened here. 
with this scene that we're looking at now was supposed to be out in the garden. Um, sorry, not this handbag scene, the previous scene with mom when, uh, yeah, that was supposed to be uh, out in the garden, uh, but the weather, weather was crap that day. So we were like, okay, I'll put it in the kitchen. I wanted to open it up a bit. I was worried the show was getting a little bit interior. So the yeah. previous scene with mom, when mom gives it a ring, was supposed to be in the back garden, um, in the backyard. So, uh, but it wasn't. And so there again, it was another example of, well, you know, if you remember Jim Imber, all right, yeah, he's out yeah. the weather. It's like, it's coming in, Chris. I don't think it's going to work. It's coming in. Watching it, I, the, it, that's really funny because I just felt like that was such a, deliberate choice because it felt quite kind of now. yeah exactly there you go like the walls were closing in and then you know you like you say you want to plan everything but then I assume you'll you go okay well I'm in this setting where's gonna look cool what angle do I need how am I getting in how am I getting out like that's you know and I guess a yeah a perfect example of just going is 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 another one coming up like in this um in this little chase sequence that we're doing here gosh yeah how did you do this um, on a Sunday in Peckham, uh, I think it was Peckham, something like that. Uh, no, it was Peckham. It was near Millwall, that area. Anyway, so this bus that's approaching, yeah. um, they wouldn't give me a Routemaster bus. Uh, so in other words, a double-decker bus, they wouldn't give me that because they apparently right at the last minute, Routemaster, the bus people got all upset about the way they were portrayed. Even though they're in the right, the bus is coming down a legal road and it's the car that's in the wrong, they wouldn't give it to me. So we had to hire one of those open-top buses that you drive around on if, if you're going for a bit of a party or a bit of a on the lash with, like, you know, your head night or something. We had to, like, hire one of those. And so the top deck of the bus is a visual effect. It's painted Stop in. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how I subverted Rootmaster. Oh, uh, my gosh. They were so- me another bus. But, yeah. I uh, subverted Rootmaster by shooting this one double and then putting the top in in post production. Oh my gosh. That takes a lot of um, uh, guts. Hutzpah. To do that because you go all of a sudden, presumably, then that became a pretty expensive shot to like. It did, it did. But by the time we'd like planned it all out, it was too late to change it. It was like, well, can it? Can it be a rubbish truck? Can it be like a... Oh, yeah. Because rubbish trucks can't go only... It was a, it was a bus-only thing. And I was really just attached to this idea of a bus. You know, yeah. Like, well, you know, and I wanted to show yeah. where buses and things. Absolutely. Um, I love it being so, a bus. And it, it it says so much. And the... um, But it's just, I suppose, knowing... You know, you have those days where it's where you feel like, oh, the rain is potentially coming. It could make filming outside hard to go. Okay, brilliant. I don't need to, you know, like, let's pick our battles. I'm not going to die on that hill. And then you go, no, I really want to try and make this bus moment work. And is that just an instinct thing that you just go, no, I'm willing to fight for this. Yes, I can do, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 you're exactly right. It's about, it's about everything. It's, it's the way you are in life. It's about relationships, about everything. It's about picking Yeah, really yeah. yeah. And it was important to me as a bus, and they said it was going to cost 15 grand in visual effects. I said, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I want our bus. And uh, if we can't get a bus, then we'll get half a bus, and I'll paint the other half on top of it. <laughs> Thanks. Give me half a bus. Give me half a bus. 
that just come from, you know, you've done so many shows, the Americans that we've mentioned, you mentalist for years. Like, does that just come from, like, is that just wisdom? Is that come, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a certain amount of that. It's, 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 it's your gut reaction, you know, which yeah. you, you have a great gut reaction. You know, people have, you know, so you have to trust your instinct that or any gut reaction that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. But then also, yeah, I've been directed for 25 years. I've directed 120 projects. So You haven't. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So um, stop me if you want to talk about specific scenes that are on, but can you... Yeah, keep your eye. Um, can you talk about how you got into it? Because it's something that I found very inspiring and I think we really bonded over. Um, yeah. You know, because you don't necessarily come from, no. you know, a dynasty of filmmakers. Oh, wait, no, nobody in the family, no, no one in the family is. I um, basically always wanted to, I, I actually started in the sort of music business and started off playing, you know, guitar badly um, in sort of, bands that were never going to go anywhere but that led me into like being a recording engineer which led me into um doing post-production sound and uh um then when i uh when i moved to the states i sort of had like these two things i moved to the states uh 28 years ago 30 years ago i had these two things that i was in i was either going to go into back into the recording music business or i was going to go into post-production and sound and stuff like that and i got the first job i got uh, the first interview i had was with um with uh, walter becker from steely dan uh for his studio and he didn't oh give me the, he'd given me the job i wouldn't be seeing it today with you i'd be doing something else but the second job i got was for uh lorimar post-production sound and i got it and i got attached to a show uh, called Midnight Caller, and I met somebody who became my mentor, a, a gentleman called Bob Singer. Um, and uh, and I went from post production uh, sound to like associate producer or post producer uh, to a director with him over the course of like eight to ten years. So, wow. director. So that was a sort of a very long way. I'm sixty. That was like forty years in like <laughs> in forty seconds. Um, so uh so there you go yeah that's amazing though because it's you know you go it's the it's sometimes the things you don't get are the most important things yeah that, yes. like you say imagine if you'd got that or imagine if your reaction to not getting that was oh fine I'm just going to go back to England then this yeah. I guess isn't going to work you know because presumably that was a massive move to come yeah, over to the states yeah my wife's from here um and uh she 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 went to uh, acting school RADA in uh, in uh, in London, and she was living in London, um, and she lived there for ten years. So I call her the half and half, uh, and uh, uh, so she was from here. So at least I had you know her family here, but her family are not in the business either. So it wasn't like we you know were in the, in the business. Um, this is an interesting one here. I just want to say yes, yes, yes actual plane that we shot on a real plane um, and normally you don't get to shoot on real planes because real planes are incredibly difficult but because of covid british airways were basically giving these planes away no joke they decommissioned so many transatlantic airliners so many that a guy this guy who runs a, a company that rents out aircraft bought one uh and we were the first to use it now he didn't tell me how much he paid for it because he wouldn't tell me but I know that the engines, which were still hanging on this thing, 
are worth a million dollars each. All their needs ah. on these jets are recycled. They're pulled off right away and recycled because they're Rolls-Royce engines. They cost a million dollars. So I know he had $4 million hanging on this plane in engines. And all he would say to me was, I didn't pay for it, even what the engines are worth. So I don't know what he paid for it. But anyway, wow. now he has this plane, which he rents out for filming. And it's as you can see, it was just decommissioned. So it looks exactly like a British Airways plane. We, had to, we, we couldn't play it as British Airways. We had to play it as a ND. I think we call it Euro Airways or something. So the things on the back there where the seats are and all the signage is different because we couldn't play as British Airways because we couldn't get permission to use British Airways yeah. uh, because of the subject matter and the nature of it. Yeah. Uh, and so, but he has this decommissioned jet, which is like, great. And, it, you know, it doesn't, it, it's there at its resting point. It won't fly ever again. They're going to rip the engines off it, sell them for a million dollars each. And uh, the rest is history. But we were very, very, very fortunate. So we shot this after COVID. Now, the next piece where he gets off the plane we shot before COVID and we shot that at Stansted Airport. So we were, what we were stuck with were, was um, we'd already established how many people were getting off this plane, which was huge. So many, so many people, so many people. But when we shot this during COVID, there was very strict COVID limitations. So it's like, well, how are we going to have this jet full of people when all those people, you know, because we already shot the B side of it, him getting off. And so we had to sequester an entire plane load of people for five days in a motel. <gasps> yeah. So all of the extras um, that you see in a moment when he when he comes out of here, you'll see all the extras standing out. They all live together for five days in a in a hotel, uh, being tested every other day, so that we could uh, we could do this scene. Uh, just a, an unbelievable expense. Oh it. my gosh. Darren, our producer, Darren McLeod, you know, was uh, was you know was was very resourceful and was very good at like you know helping out with these kind of things, and uh, and yeah, that's what we did. We put all these people up, and the little boy has um, now been handed to uh, now been handed to uh, to, to Sean. To Sean, yeah. yeah. The little boy is one year older on the plane than he was <laughs> off. The one year at that age is huge. So we were like. Has he grown much? Oh, yeah, he's, like, got a moustache and he's, like, going to school. <laughs> and uh, and when we saw him, we were like, so you'll see that Elias is holding him, like, and it works for character too because he's hiding behind the kid's head. Yeah. The moment he gets off the plane, how he's holding the kid so that we don't see too much of him because in the next cut, he's one year younger. Literally. Oh, my gosh. That, yeah. So this is because we started filming and then what do we do? Like three weeks and then we shot down we because. Days. Yeah, we shot 20 days and we shut down for five months. And then we had to figure out how to do it. So you see the kids the way he is. I don't, you know, I don't have a shot of him. Like, whatever, because he's literally got a moustache. Oh, uh, my gosh. Do you know, I did not even notice. Didn't even think about that. And then the next cut, like here. So here he gets off the plane. And then everybody in the next cut, well, when you get back to the next cut, is 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 uh, is uh, one year younger. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, that's and, so uh, amazing. Yeah, this is one of my favorite scenes, actually. Oh yes. So I got quite a few questions about, yeah. um, you know, like what, how, where did the image come from of Natalie getting um, arrested at a wedding? And maybe this is a Rob question more too. I'm not oh, sure, yeah. but is this? Was it? Yeah. So was that um, because it's such an incredible, uh, yeah. just a, like an amazing, yeah, visual, exactly that. Um, yeah. 
you it feels like you had a lot of fun shooting this i mean oh, obviously i wasn't did. around this day but I did. and the weather was so nice because that is a real sunshine that it was a real backlight that is real whatever and the weather was so nice there was a bus just went by thank god and uh um and then when we came out of the church later in the day we shot this in february when we came out of the church later in the day it starts to rain which also you'll see at the end when she drives away so the doors close here that sky is real and the sun was real the sun inside the church is fake because we've shot light through it but when they walk out it started to rain and when we pull away in the car you'll see we rack focus from oh the window gosh. like it's crying for her um but it was it, this was written this was in rob's head uh from the beginning um and uh again we had to shoot all this in one day which was a big ask for us to you know with three cameras and we had to come up with uh, me and adam shushitsky uh our wonderful D- dop um a, you know a way to you know achieve this task in, in in one day as we only had the church for one day for many reasons covid and you know everything else um but it's a but it's a wonderful it's I, I'm really proud of uh, really proud of the way this came out and the way that we shot it and uh, it really tells the story well. Um, oh my gosh, it's beautiful and it's um, you know when you I didn't realize you shot this when we came back after being shut yeah. down that then yeah. to have that many people in a scene and it be such a pivotal scene I and mean, it's just such a huge moment. Oh my gosh, I mean this shot is just so gorgeous. How the heck do you do that? What's that a big crane? Rain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, the idea to play all in her head so you don't hear the people really shouting at, you know, yeah. at her um, and everything else because it's it's a visual. And all these extras were just so spot-on precise. They were, as a group of people, they were all so into it and so right on. Now you can see it's raining, um, and that's real rain. Um, and then, you know, in, in the shot, which, uh, you know, I mounted the camera on the, on the side of the car, uh, on this lens, and you'll see as uh, as as she pulls away, we rack focus to the rain um, yeah. on the window, the transition shot, um, because it just felt like the you know the world was crying for her, and it felt oh. God given. So you see now we're now the focus is on the rain. It okay, gives so me goosebumps. Oh, so this is what you're saying? Yeah, here a year earlier that they're coming down these stairs. This is a this in our story. This is uh, Belfast, but uh, yeah, we shot it at Stansted Airport. Uh, so when he goes to, so all the announcements are in a Northern Irish accent. And when yeah. he goes to see the guy, um, at uh, the border control, uh, he's the, that, that gentleman is talking in a Northern Irish accent. Um, and I will say, I just want to say one thing about the guy, uh, the, the actor whose name I don't remember. Uh, I apologize for that, but the actor who takes his passport here, he's, he's got his, his arm on here. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a really a testament to there are no small parts, only small actors. And what I mean by that is this is a tiny little part of which he was brilliant in it. Like he was so good. When we get to him, I'll, I'll acknowledge him. Um, he was so good and he lived it. And I, at one point, was walked up and I thought he was one of the realists. I thought he was the real guy. I didn't realize he was the actor because he was just sitting there in character. Oh, and, wow. Uh, who we're about to cut to. And he was absolutely fabulous. There are no small parts, only small actors, and he made the most of it. And I will always remember him for, you know, if I'm ever doing something else, I just remember how how committed he was and how he showed up and and, uh, and how great he was in it. And because sometimes it's the smaller parts that can absolutely kill you in casting. Um, As in, yeah. like, hard to cast? Well, hard to cast, and also they come in for one day and they're very nervous and they've got, yeah. like, two 
and they want to put a lot on you know they want to put a lot on the two lines and you know you know yourself as a director it's really about withholding and and uh, with, with acting it's not about like playing to the gods you know so when they've got two lines they've been in the trailer rehearsing those two lines in front of the mirror and it's like oh, it's time for my two lines i'm gonna give it give it loads you know and um he wasn't that way so in other words that sometimes when they just come in for one day they can overact and they can you know stick out a little bit compared to the others you know yeah it's about, uh, we replaced this guy here too it's about keeping them comfortable and it's about keeping them you know whatever but he was he was just so great then the image of the guy we're about to come up to was an image that i had like first you know like very much this was the last day of before covid by the way yes was. i remember um so she gets out of the car here in this parking lot and i always wanted symmetry with you can see the way that we lined the shop with the lights we always want you know try to create this sort of symmetry so I always love the idea of this guy holding a dress. I had this image of this bloke who's like, he's brought drunks into the, you know, yeah. he's drunks, he's arrested bad guys, he's arrested gang guys. But he's just walking along, lifting this dress up, like she's walking down the aisle. And I wanted that shot of her walking in, like walking down the aisle. Yeah, it is so beautiful. And that's, it's why you are just the best and why Kunal and Uma will have a cup of coffee with you and go, yes, I'm in. Because it's those detailed moments of going, it says so much in that moment. Like the, you know, the whole montage of her coming, not a montage, but of the sequence of her coming out of the church and then getting in the car and then driving off. In the script, you know, there's no lines. It kind of... Yeah. Probably just says she leaves, gets put in a police car and drives off. Yeah, exactly. And then you and make a, it beautiful. This little moment here, by the way, thank you. This little moment here. Uh, he takes a brief moment before he puts this helmet on yeah. because he said to me, if I put that helmet on with this bloody wig on, it's going to be really hard to get back on. So make sure you're happy with the shot before I put that on. So he has this brief moment where he's waiting for me. To, is he going to say cut or not? Because I'd say cut a couple of times. Yeah. So that moment, which is a great Sean moment from Elias, who was very yeah. good in it, was a great Sean moment. But that moment, which is reading as Sean preparing himself, is waiting to see if I'm going to say cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, I love that because it really works. And I suppose that's why you stayed on him for that moment because it does, it that's feels very Sean. It feels very Sean just to take that moment and put, compose himself and put it on. So this 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 shot of you getting your nose swabbed uh, or your mouth swabbed pre-COVID, we had no idea, did we, that this would become our life. I know. Uh, that thing in our mouths or our nose or wherever we go. I know. And then, and then we're coming up to what I think was, you know, was one of, one of our funnest moments, our funniest shots that we did. I got so many questions about how you did this from a yeah. bunch of different people. You did it. We all did it. And, and, you know, it's basically, if you think about it, it's the simplest shot in the world. It's a camera that goes around and then you guys were rushing into position and being still, remember? Yeah. People and can't hard, believe it when I say that. I know, but no one can believe it. It's, uh, the hardest one to get out, of course, was Natalie because she's wearing that dress. But the second it comes off, she's now running, right? She's running and Kunal stepped in, okay? And like, and we had to clear Natalie and everybody, we had to have to act normal. And then same thing for you as we come around Canal. Like, bosh, canal start, canal's running, and you just stepped in as still as possible. And it's the stillness that you guys played that sells it. It's the stillness. The fact that, yeah, you know, I can see a little bit of breath on you, like you maybe, but the breath plays as nerves. Yeah. The breath really was you running in. <laughs> yes, because it's quite a long, like, you know, quite a few steps to get in there. And it's literally like, 
Well, and also for Angel, um, who plays Vanessa, yeah. the uh, police lady, to Please. not get distracted by oh, all this cameras going around. The people I mean, she was just amazing because that was a long speech and then she had to keep eye contact even when somebody wasn't there and then was back there. And I mean, that was amazing. But did she know beforehand that that's how you were going to shoot it? No, she didn't. <laughs> day she was like, God, really? Okay. Um, I want to talk about Angel quickly. Angel Colby here who's like unbelievable with no Amazing. And, and this is one of my favorite parts of the show, this relationship between, uh, a, you know, an FBI, American FBI agent and, uh, uh, and, a, and a British agent. And this, there isn't one cliche in their performances. There isn't one cliche play. They are both so real and yeah. so brilliant. Are, to me, their own spin-off in this, in this series. 100%, 100%. Yeah, just that chemistry is brilliant. Oh my gosh, it's over. It's over, mate. <gasps> that went so quickly. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. As soon as they, you know, and I suppose that's a testament to casting too, right? Of just going, I I trust that these people are going to be, yeah, they're going to have that chemistry because those two characters, um, Noah Emmerich's character and Angel's character are just like, they are, they are like a spinoff on them. Themselves. Like yep. their journey they go on together is almost the romance of the show in terms of, you know, them working together and finding common ground and respecting each other and it's opening one, up. This investigation is certainly one great part of the show. You know, it was great the way it sort of fell into threes. It was, you know, you guys on the, you know, doing your thing on the run and coming, you know, the gang, so I call it. And then there was, yeah. you know, Uma, Uma's world um in you know which we built and also in new york and then there was the investigation and there was the sort of three legs to the series which i think sit beautifully and, and were constructed well in the in in the beginning in the writing process by rob williams um and uh and, and i and i think that's the, that's to me that's the joy of the show and the ride of the show is enjoying these three worlds yeah, you did it so beautifully. I could just speak to you forever, but I'll let you go. Um, just quickly before, um, there's so many, there's so many um, questions that people sent into my Instagram that we have got to a lot of them actually. But just as a, um, just as something to end on. Yeah. If somebody either wanted to pursue something, whether it was being a director or just some kind of dream that might feel a little bit far off, do you yeah. have any, you know, like words of wisdom if people are struggling or if they just kind of it can feel quite far away, whatever they're trying to achieve? Yeah, I, I think I think that this this can feel unattainable. Um, you and I live in proof it's not. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're not, you know, uh, we are, I was going to say, we're not anything special. <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? Yeah. It's true. You know, we are, you know, we both come from the backgrounds we come from. Um, we both, you know, took the opportunities that we had, take every opportunity you can. But in filmmaking um, and writing and acting, it's about doing it. It's about honing the craft so that you're ready when the time comes. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're an actor, of course, it's about, you know, joining a theater group, acting, you know, got, got acting classes, joining a theater group, um, you know, maybe going to a place if you can't afford it, like rather or not. But it's not, it's not, you don't have to go to places like that. You know, there's many, many, many routes into acting. 
um, doors and doors are not sharp. Yeah, I never went to film school. I never went to film school. So uh, obviously there's the film school route. But I would say, look, in this day and age where technology is so cheap, just get out there and make things. Get out there and make things on your iPhone. You know, write things, make things. And and yes, you know, when you first start some, they'll be rubbish. You know, and, and <laughs> yes. but they'll be rubbish. And um, and great, show them to your friends and 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 listen to their feedback. And then gradually, you're going to start to write and 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 make things that are you know that that become relevant to you. Tell the stories that are personal to you. And, and uh, you know, it's always, it's it's a cliche, but, you know, write what you know, do things that you know, don't be, it doesn't matter if you're male, female, black, white, tall, short, fat, thin, make the stories that are relevant to you and your family and your environment. And uh, they'll be the most truthful and honest and truth and honesty is basically all we got in this business. If you can do that and, and you can do that and you can break through. And then once you've done that, I would say the best piece of advice I could give you is to try and go the festival route. If you make a short film, submit it to the... You make a short film. Once you've made five horrible short films, then you've raised the money to make something that's got a little bit more production value when you've got... You've managed to, you know, managed to find real actors to put in it and, and do things like that. And then if it's worth it, try and row the film... Uh, the film... Uh, the, 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 the film... Uh, festival, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Because that is how you're going to build like a CV and a resume for yourself. Yeah. Because everybody can make everybody because of the accessibility of, um, you know, the equipment and everything. A lot of people can make films. It's true. But if you start to build something for yourself, you know, then it's like, okay, I made this short film and it got into so-and-so festival. And it got so, oh, okay, like, let's have a look. And mm-hmm, that's how. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let me tell you a story about this this uh, this uh, actor uh, that I know called Harry McQueen. Harry was uh, is a wonderful actor, but done not particularly successful, I think, by his own admission. But had done little parts here and there on EastEnders and things. And he and he played uh, a young Gordon Goody in a documentary that I did. And I stayed in touch with Harry, and he always wanted to be a filmmaker, and he was always keen to find out what was going, you know, how 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 to do it and how it was going on, and he. He made a movie called Hinterland, which I think he made for <gasps> 50. Now it's 50,000 pounds. It's a lot of money. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But he made it. But when it comes to making a full length feature, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, he made this movie called Hinterland and he it, it took it to the festivals and it did, you know, fairly well. And he won a couple of awards for it and it was great. And he went away and he wrote a full length feature, not based on Hinterland, a different sort of feature. And uh, that was called Supernova. And he got Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci in it. And he's just he released this movie last year. It's a fabulous movie. Now, that's a very simplistic route that Harry took. What I mean by simplistic is it seems simple. I don't mean it was simple for Harry. I mean, it seems simple. Yeah, just make a short, then make a $50,000 film, and then give a, give a script to Stanley Tucci, and he'll get Colin Firth in it. They are events that happen to him. So that's the lucky part that happened to him. The work that he put into that, learning how to be a filmmaker by being an actor, by being around other filmmakers, by being around people like me, I like to think. Yeah. Allowed him the tools to go out and make this stuff. And now he's doing incredible. And I hope he does another big movie soon. It's yeah. a great movie. Supernova. And she checked that out. I'm being curious, right? And 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 I'm when you're 
around people like you that are really up. I mean, I asked you a million questions on set and you're just very much the, you know, you're a, a leader, but you're also a mentor to so many people, which I think is something that is, is something to be really oh, just proud of. And, um, you know, that's really important. This that's, that's how people get to that next stage. You know, everybody has somebody that kind of helps them up to the next level. And, you know, I can't, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody, I really can't remember who it was, but it's a beautiful expression that our careers are all like hitchhiking. You know, we, we were standing on the side of the road trying to get a lift. We can't get a lift. Suddenly we get a lift and we get driven up the road 35 more miles and we get dropped off and we get another hitchhiking. I'm still hitchhiking. So are you, Lil. We're, this, is, this is what we do for a living. And, uh, and we're always striving to do better. Even at my age, I'm striving to do better. I'm striving to do bigger work, better work. And, uh, and you know, I think the thing is that, you know, there's another expression which I love, which is um, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. And I think if you've just got to, you've got to stick around positive people, you've got to have a positive attitude um, and don't suck, get sucked into negativity. And, uh, you know, hang around people that will, that you can support and they will help you. Yeah. Yeah. What a great way to end it. Chris Long, thank you so much. Congratulations on Suspicion. You're just a master and I'm really happy I got to kick this whole thing off with you. Thank you so much, Lil. Bye. Bye. Oh. oh my gosh. I hope you loved that. I loved that. <laughs> It's funny, you speak for like an hour and there are no words now. Um, Chris Long is just so wonderful. He's exactly as genuine as he comes across um, and just so modest. He's so talented. And, um, you know, as an actor, you don't really have any control over where the director puts the camera and the angles that they um, film you from and uh, how they are dancing with the camera you know and same with the with all the crew and everything you don't get to choose any of that stuff and I've been so lucky with everything I've done to to like really respect the people that are making it and the people behind it oh and he's just one of the greats and then you speak to him and he's just so normal and lovely so it just shows you um, thank you so much for watching and listening. Um, we're going to have some amazing guests on moving forward too. So stick around and uh, I hope that you've loved it. And um, I hope that it can hopefully inspire you, whatever you're moving towards or thinking of leaping at, whether it's um, in the film industry or in, you know, life. All right, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next time for the Watch Along Suspicion Edition. God, I'm not over it, Suspicion Edition. Perfect, was made for this.